The text for our sermon on this Life Sunday is from Ephesians chapter 2. It's the last verse of our reading. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Again, uh, for those of you who didn't catch it at the beginning of the service, my voice is such because we were down in Austin and we were marching uh, for life uh, causes, particularly uh, as a pro-life voice in the Capitol down in Austin. And we didn't just march, but we were actually uh, fighting, recognizing and knowing that we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of this world. We there as LCMS Lutherans, we're singing hymns and praising God as we walked through the streets of Austin around the Capitol with fellow Christians. It was a, a great time, and I just didn't think about it. I just kept singing and singing, <laughs> and I woke up this morning and said, oh, okay, so thank you for your patience. Today we contemplate life issues, and in particular, the life issue of our day that this last week we mark the anniversary of Roe versus Wade in our country where the soul of our nation intentionally changed directions for the worse. But now it's been overturned, left up to the states, and unfortunately, uh, states have begun to enshrine abortion into their state constitutions. So while we do rejoice and give thanks uh, for the overturning of Roe versus Wade to help the entire nation have a perspective of life. And of course, as many of you know, and, and we've shared together, abortion is just the tip of the iceberg. But we have to start somewhere. We have to be a voice for life. So today we pause from our regular readings and we see, I, I really, I wouldn't have to get specific and special readings for Life Sunday because every text of the scriptures is about life because God is the creator of life, the sustainer, the giver of life. But today we contemplate from Ephesians 2 that we are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All created things have a purpose. There is no created thing that was made, built without a purpose in mind. Intentional designs for things range from the obvious to the less obvious. Everyone knows what a shovel is for, what the purpose of a chair, what the final cause of a pencil is, if you will. Digging, sitting down, taking a break, and even for writing. We pray that all created things would be taken and used for the glory of God, that all things would be used and taken under Christ. What is it uh, that Paul writes? That all things would be taken captive to Christ. Things obvious, but we also know in our world there are created things that might seem pointless, like a blinker on Highway 75. We as Christians know, though, even if something seems pointless, 
We are to take all things captive to Christ, even our own lives. And if you think about it, if humanity possesses the ability to create with purpose, it's not a stretch to confess and believe that our creator, that humanity itself, was created with a purpose. And implied in that statement of of being created with a purpose is the reality that we have a creator. Yes, we live in a time, we live in a place where the mention even of having a creator is unpopular. We didn't face much resistance yesterday, but we did have people as they're waiting at the crossroads at the light and as we walked by, there were people who turned their cars off, got out of their cars, pointed their fingers toward us and screamed like demons. They told us, how dare you? We live in a time and place where the idea of a creator is unpopular because that means we can be held accountable by that creator. That God will call you to give an account for what you've done with your life. The truth is that also seen in this creator... In creating humanity with a purpose means that he also comes to us with a purpose. To forgive us. That he comes to us not to yell and scream and accuse us as the devil, but he comes to absolve you and comfort you. To forgive you where maybe we have fallen for the mindset of this age where we have fallen for the lies of the devil even in our own lives, where we have in sins of weakness, not sustained life, have not appreciated the callings that God has given us to take care of one another, to take care of the least among us. God forgives you when you think you are created for you. We have a creator who comes to us in the life-giving waters of baptism to wash us clean. And we Christians are convinced that this creator God who took flesh upon himself, that he lived with a purpose, that you might live forever. But as I mentioned, many assert, or many doubt this assertion. Many, even in the face of creation and the beauty of creation, assume that we are random mutations, that we have been formed by chance, that life is not sacred, but accidental, that it is without purpose, or even worse, that our life is ours to do with what we want, to hell with God's will. This false belief, while many hold on to this thinking they will find some satisfaction in this life, all of the surveys and and all of the studies conducted tell us that trying to find satisfaction in created things by us only leads to emptiness. That trying to find fulfillment or to satiate a hunger 
that we have that can only be satisfied by forgiveness and life and faith in Christ, that we think life is found in money and homes, vacations, or life status. According to most surveys, and one in particular, nearly 45% of middle schoolers and high schoolers and college students, 45% of young people think their life is not useful. This is a stark increase from the year 2000 when this same outfit did this survey. And in 2000, there was only 25% of students who felt this way. And even just since COVID, since the pandemic, this number has increased 10%. That children think their life has no purpose. And this isn't limited to young people. As a pastor, I I love my job. I love walking with people through all stages of life. If you are a young man, you should consider the, the job of answering the call to be a pastor. You get to experience life in many ways and in vast numbers, more so than just in our life, in our families. It's like I have a hundred families and I get to walk with people at the young ages. But unfortunately, this feeling of uselessness affects us at the end of our life too. The number of times people have looked at me and said, Pastor, as our, as our bodies get weak or we get sick, they look at me and they say, Pastor, I just don't know why God is keeping me alive. I have no purpose. Just as Peter was the mouthpiece of the devil, we must understand that this also is from the devil. He is a murderer. He was a murderer from the beginning. He's a murderer of life, but also of hope and peace and joy that the Holy Spirit gives. And we have to turn from this temptation to think that life is only valuable when we see a purpose for it, or we think the purpose is to satisfy our own desires. In contrast to these words of the murderer, today we hear from St. Paul. We hear a contrast in the richness and the beauty of God's word. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. These which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In this single verse, God declares something incredible to you. He says that human beings created in his image, redeemed by the blood of Christ through faith, we are his workmanship. The God who created the world and all things that exist by speaking everything into existence is the same God who created you in Christ Jesus. Through his word, he calls us who were dead in trespasses and sin. He calls us to life through faith in Christ. In Genesis, when God created the world, you remember, after he created each thing, he said, and God said it was good. Well, when God created Adam, after he looked, God said it was very good. You Brothers and sisters are very good. 
in the eyes of God. No matter what the world might tell you, our Father, through the redeeming work of his Son, Jesus, bestows upon every believer that declaration that you are good. Because you are God's workmanship, you can rest in the certainty that you are not a mistake. You are not an accident. You are not just a blob of tissue. You are not something to be dealt with. Every life is the workmanship of God. There's tremendous value, meaning, and purpose in being, in knowing and believing in that promise that you are God's masterpiece, that he tells you this. Imagine traveling back in time to the, to the classical period when we had artists like Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo and watching them create one of their masterpieces. I don't think there's one of us who would stand there while watching them work, would walk up to them and say, well, you know, I think you should add a little bit more red right here. I don't really think you know what you're doing, Michelangelo. You need to chip a little bit more off Moses' toe. Nor would we, once these beautiful workmanships were finished, would attempt to add our own marks and brush strokes to the masterpiece. We would simply rejoice and receive the master's work and give thanks for such beauty. Yet many people would look in the mirror and doubt the masterpiece. People today think that there is nothing valuable in them being even as a boy or a girl. Many would doubt the workmanship of God that they are or that they're a mistake. Or we in our our sinful flesh might deny that same honor to other people. We might look at others and murder them in our hearts when we think they are stupid. When we think they just, well, we just have to put up with them. We are liable to the judgment of hell when we gossip about others. Every sin that we commit against others is a direct attack on the workmanship of God. But we know that as God's creative masterpiece, we are all created with a purpose. The text gives us clues and tells us outright what that purpose is. First, that we believe that for the sake of Jesus Christ, we are righteous in his sight. And second, St. Paul explicitly says today, the purpose you are created for is to do good works. Christians have sometimes confused this, and the devil always tries to cause this confusion to think that good works are the means by which we earn God's approval. But even our text today doesn't allow for this. God's favor is achieved before the works are assigned. We are completed in Christ, as the author of Hebrews says, that in Christ Jesus, he is the author and perfecter of our faith. We are completed in him, just as a musical instrument cannot produce music until it's constructed and complete. The believer's works are only good through that completed faith that Christ Jesus does for you. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. Good works are the fruit of the master's labors. 
This truth illustrates what good works actually are. God's purposes being fulfilled through you. And we call this doctrine, this teaching, vocation. This doctrine of vocation, you can, you can hear in the word voc, the call, the Latin root of a calling. That with Christians, our callings come from God. Everyone has these callings in society, in your family, and even in your family of Christ in the church, in your community. Being a child, a son or a daughter is a calling. You have that calling all your life. Being a parent is a calling. Being a student, a member of a church, being a citizen. As God crafts each and every one of us in our callings, he puts you in places where you can serve your neighbor and you can love on his behalf. When people search for purpose and meaning in their lives, they tend to look for the big, extraordinary things. We want to find our purpose and meaning in the things we can point to and say, look, look how great I am. The next pay raise, the next vacation, or some big real estate investment. And these are good things. We should receive them for joy when God gives them to us, but we should look for ways to use these to the glory of God so that all might give thanks that they are God's workmanship. The doctrine of vocation teaches us that even in the most mundane aspects of life, we can have that joy, that we have a purpose even when we don't see it. We are to be faithful in our callings even in difficult times, even when it might cause us to be a little uncomfortable, even if it might cause your pastor's voice <laughs> to, to go bad the next morning. This is what St. Paul means in our text when he says that God has good works for you to do. He has prepared them beforehand that you should walk in them. The creator who chose you before the foundation of the world, he had a plan and purpose for who you are to be. He knows your callings, and he has prepared you for them. Even as we remember that precious Psalm 139, he knit us together in the womb of our mother. He knew the neighbors that you would be surrounded with. He knows that they need the love and the gifts that he has personally bestowed upon you through the Holy Spirit. That our neighbors would see God hidden in our good works. And you know, these callings, they're not always something we choose. They're placed in our paths. These paths with which we are to walk, as the text says. In the ordinary and sometimes boring stations of life, we're called to be faithful. We don't always have the privilege of seeing the final product of our work and what it's accomplishing. We see there's, there's that picture of the Christian life that's kind of the, the back of a tapestry where you, you don't see the front always, you just see the, the messy, if you will, threads and the cuttings that are needed to support. In our lives, too often, all we see is the messy incompleteness. And we're tempted to walk by sight and not by faith. Or even as a young person in life, trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life. Sometimes it's seeking the humble callings that at first it's hard to see, but God is faithful. You can trust him. Use the things that he's given you, the people he's placed in your life, 
Because as we walk in these paths that God calls us down, we are to seek and love our neighbor. And think about this, too. Think about when you're at the end of your life, if God blesses you a long life, if your body becomes weak, your good work becomes that you receive the good works of others. Even as Jesus received the care of the woman who washed his feet with perfume in her hair, even as Jesus received the work of Mary and Joseph as they provided for him, even as Jesus died on the cross and his body is cared for by Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, sometimes a good work is to receive God's care with thanksgiving, even when it might hurt your pride. Brothers and sisters, and today you are to remember you are God's masterpiece. You were created for a purpose. You are the hands and feet of Christ. Live out that purpose and the strength that comes from his word and sacrament so that you may joyfully endure for the day when he comes and we will see his finished product as even our flesh is glorified. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.